We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. And we're back. What's up, people? Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Hello, Jake. Hey, hey, Jake. How are you today? How are you doing? I'm fantastic, dude. Doing well. Trying to stay energized over here with a nice little mm, um, mm. Ed Bull Ray. You know, one <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a lot of caffeine, to be honest with you, Zam. But it's good oh, to see you again. As but, per usual. You know what? Yeah. What do you want to tell the peeps for a little bit of intro here? Uh, well, we can lead in with, hey, thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. As always, check it out on uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's right here on the desk. P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Shout out to our audio listeners. Heck yeah. Ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Re, let's get into it. And you know it's coming, Zan. Every single week we talk mm. about the doc. This time around, we gotta do it. You know, it's a crazy, <laughs> and it was actually one of our bigger stories this past week. That being kind of what went over our heads the first time around mm. is, you know, with all the controversies, all the mayhem in the world, we knew that doc was banned permanently. And I think uh, it was actually brought up by a side point by TSM streamer Vis, and now by Tim the Tatman. The fact that very straight simple, we've actually seen it in the past as well. Mm. No Twitch streamers can play with Doctor Disrespect. Even even if they want to, given the current Twitch terms of service. I think part of the reason this kind of passed us by initially is because it's such a weird, dumb rule 
that like, hey, you're banned from our platform, so you can't even play with your friends who happen to be on our platform as well. And it's like obviously mm. from a business perspective, there's they have to have their reasons yeah, as of course, to why. I'm sure they do. And yeah. it's it's kind of a rarity to see this kind of situation, if not a first, to have a gigantic streamer that mm. often plays with other streamers on Twitch. Right. You know, we saw it in the Fortnite scene. It was kind of a, a kind of a very funny moment that uh -huh. was covered many months ago, where one Fortnite streamer was banned, was then uh, actually active in another Fortnite streamer's um, game and playing with them. They got banned. It happened to actually three total Fortnite members. Uh, so I saw a few comments out there saying that they had read through Twitch Terms of Service and they had not seen anything about this. It's confirmed, guys. It's actually been in the past and further confirmed by other streamers out there. They cannot play with Doc Disrespect as long as he is permanently banned by Twitch, which does beg the overall question with all of this, when it does wrap up, will they reach some sort of agreement or will Dr. Disrespect never play with Nick Merckx or Tim the Tapman or wh whoever's on Twitch again. Yeah, that's a rough proposition right that's there. That's insane. Because like, yeah, is is Twitch going to say goodbye to all that potential engagement from having Doc featured on somebody else's stream? Yeah. Just out of like, at this point, what would it be, spite from Twitch? Because there's really no reason for them to not come to some kind of arrangement where even if they're like, okay, you can't do it all the time, but it's yeah. okay if you do it sometimes. Like, and then you know? at what point in time do we see, you know, what, what if a, a, a ninja kind of guy goes away again? Do they find a reason to, to ban him on Twitch? And all of a sudden, obviously, they would not do that. Yeah, the uproar not, would be insane. <laughs> but it, it's such a particular case with Dr. Dis, who oftentimes does play with multiple other streamers, mm -hmm. most of whom are on the Twitch platform. And so... Would this also effectively kill off a lot of Doc's engagement, interaction? Do you want to watch Doc if he can only play solo games? Or with Facebook gaming streamers? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, really, you have yeah, to actually ask yeah. that question. I think that's the uh -huh. next talking point because, you know, we're trying to drag this out a little bit for <laughs> the spice because it's still an ongoing mystery. You know, Doc is a great entertainer, but, you know, would people out there only watch Ninja if he would only ever play with himself? That's a great question. I think in Ninja's case, it might be a little dicey. Yeah. With the doc, I think he's got enough with his production value and everything truly unique he brings to his stream that he could survive this if he was forced to solo stream only, but it certainly wouldn't be pretty. Yeah, he, it definitely would put him in the boat of like maybe a summit. Even summit plays other people, but people who can survive like a lyric or, you know, there are mm. several top Twitch streamers who can survive pretty much on their own, but time to time, they definitely bend around to other streamers. Yeah, yeah. It's just another wrench in this crazy, crazy plan. What do you guys think about this? Now, multiple Twitch streamers have confirmed they cannot play with the dock, and will they ever be able to? We don't know yet. All right, Jake, I want to branch a little bit outside of our wheelhouse to talk about uh, the Tour de France. Are you familiar with that Ooh, at all? Oh, you know? I used to bike back in the day. Oh, really? Really? You were a biker? <laughs> yeah. A my cyclist, dad, they said? My dad put on training wheels. And that, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I don't know if I could ride a bike anymore, but Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. It is the most prestigious, uh, most difficult bike race in the world, as, as it's known by yes. many people. It takes place over the course of 23 days, which is nuts. And, you know, it's essentially the Super Bowl of biking. And this is the first year that the Tour de France has not been held since the end of World War II. Oh, it's not going on? Yeah. They, it's going virtual, too? It went virtual to oh. immense acclaim. Dang. Yeah, okay. they switched over to the eSports route. All the uh, bikers switched to uh, virtual, like, cycling rigs in their houses. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, which is... <laughs> 
<laughs> we both, yeah, yeah, we talked about this many, many so, months yeah, ago. Yeah, the problems with all the, mm, you know, not so great doping type beat stuff that went on. But none of, this, none, none of this happening here, thankfully. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that we know of. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how successful this has been and how much this is such a clear indicator of how much esports has grown in the time of the coronavirus. Uh, in fact, we now have the president of the International Olympics Committee saying that esports are absolutely the same thing as sports. Wow. Yeah, right? That's weird because Olympics haven't. <laughs> They haven't been our friends, e really. And they, they have yeah. denied esports, but okay. Mm -hmm. We'll flip the script. Uh huh. Uh, all, admittedly, he might just be playing nice because it's like biking and it's not like Call of Duty yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely a for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like. But it's a step in the right direction. And uh, there's also a bunch of other reasons why this Tour de France, the virtual Tour de France, has been historic. Uh, this is actually the first time women have been allowed to compete in multi stage events at the mm. Tour de France. I mean, it's 2020. I guess it was about time to yeah. not be have stupid rules like that in place. But hey, great to see. And overall, the response and reaction to it has been amazing across the board. So people enjoyed it so far? Yeah, people I, loved it. I, it'd be weird. It'd be really weird seeing all this go virtual if you were like a diehard Tour de France. Like, mm. I, I haven't seen the broadcast at all, how they were switching back and forth. Like, you got, <laughs> you got a Peloton? How are you showing a Peloton now? That's the lead group of bikers, uh -huh. I think. Right? I'm pretty sure. That's the exercise bike, I think. And then that, That's the one with that really weird commercial that they got a lot of flack for. Okay, that yeah, is yeah. also the Peloton. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Peloton's a lead pack, so like, do you just show five different like webcams of guys? Uh, like From the footage I saw, um, basically the, the eSports side of it, it's like a digital representation of the biker okay. on like an actual bike with like uh, shadow figures of the other bikers around them. And then they have like a heart rate monitor, a, uh, a speed monitor and everything like under that. Dang. And then you have a uh, cutaway side by side of the actual biker on their actual bike in their home. Like, you know, grinding away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty the, dope. I wonder how the bikers liked it being like likely inside. You know, The response for most of them was pretty positive, obviously. I wonder what's harder because obviously the machine is a representation of what they go mm. through, which is like tremendous hills and mountains, whatever it might be. Right. Is, that, is there like an accurate indoor on whatever they're riding, I, I believe so to some extent. Yeah, I tried to look into it more in depth, and there, it's it's not let's say the most used to presenting information digitally community out there. Yeah, you know, since they're so used to IRL events. But from what I could tell, yeah, the bikes that they're using all would adjust for terrain and stuff based on like the track that was programmed into them by the event organizers, mm -hmm. and. Uh, none of them really spoke to how difficult it was in comparison, but I imagine it must have been way easier just for the fact. You would think so. Yeah, without like the weather, if nothing else, like you can have a nice fan going on you in yeah. your house. Like, yeah, I don't have, have to worry about Have your full family it. in there. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Little Jimmy in the corner, like <laughs> about to pass out because he's blowing too hard. <laughs> Boy, it's good to see more yeah. esports out there, more sports going to the esports virtual side mm -hmm. of things. It does continue during these wild, wild times. Uh, you know, what's next for sports crossing over? the virtual world can't wait for the super bowl to take place in madden mm. <laughs> and before the next topic guys a few quick words from this week's partners and in some good news sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with a turn of sports bet online sat down with former pro players eddie george harold reynolds and seven-time nba champ robert horry 
See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds, up-to-date sports news, and more. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over a 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up. On top of other discounts, go to DealDash.com and use the offer code PREDICTION or DealDash.FM forward slash prediction. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H.FM forward slash prediction. And now, let's get back to the next topic. And this next one, hopefully a quick one, it's actually an ongoing case with FaZe Clan. Very Ooh. weird one from uh, this past week. The podcast is pre-recorded, but at the time of us recording, it's an ongoing mystery what is going on with the Atlanta FaZe and under the, I guess you could say, ultimate FaZe Clan umbrella with one of their uh, Call of Duty Academy members being fired just last week. And then a few days later, seemingly being hired right back following homophobic slurs, which surfaced on stream. It's uh, a very interesting case to say mm-hmm. the very least because at us recording it is still ongoing but it seems he might be back in the roster just days after they let him go. Um, all of this kind of sparking a big debate as we have seen a lot of slurs mm-hmm. used in esports unfortunately so yeah, with, yeah. A, with a variety of responses and punishments with them. It is a very unfortunate characteristic of our scene. Yes yeah. especially because our scene involves so many younger people. Mm-hmm. Siblings by the way of the Atlanta phase was one of them and we covered his firing as well to give you guys we actually had to reach out from someone at Atlanta FaZe um, and why they had let him go. At least they reached out to me to clarify FaZe Clan in the case with Dubs, wh- mm-hmm. who used a racial slur and was not fired. He was given indefinite suspension with um, sensitivity training. He was under the FaZe Clan umbrella, and thus they actually had hands-on the action and repercussions he would face. Mm-hmm. Atlanta FaZe reached out to us to clarify when it comes time for the Atlanta FaZe roster, FaZe Clan does not make those choices. It is separate management who makes the Atlanta FaZe that choices. That does make a lot of sense. Um, so yeah. a, a common misconception, we did agree with the source because, you know, Atlanta FaZe, you think under the FaZe umbrella, mm-hmm. different management, different choices. Now even adding a further wrench to this, though, is the potential for Atlanta FaZe to have let him go mm-hmm. and then the night of said roster lock add him back because maybe the new, uh, you know, his fill-in, his replacement, didn't work out so well. So you backtrack on your choice to remove him for homophobic slurs. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I mean, you hate to see these types of decisions being made, even though I'm sure there was really good backing behind it. I mean, you got to know that if they made that unfortunate decision to bring him back onto the team after firing him, then that was probably like, oh, this is our only option at this stage. Yeah. Most likely, which is, you know, it's unfortunate. And hopefully they'll have some kind of statement on what happens to him after the fact. Hopefully. You know? Um, I think a lot of people are still confused about this one. I I think I did back their choice. I don't think anyone should be canceled or career ended over this, especially someone so young using these choice words. I'm sure he'll learn to not use them in the future. But as an organization, I think if you make a decision, you need to stand by said decision Mm. and don't go back on your word for what it seems to be a lack thereof results and say, oh, let's get him back here despite what he did because we need him to win. It it comes off with a a weird tinge. Yeah, especially since it was a firing. I feel like this is what suspensions are for. Mm -hmm. You know, like it would have made, they would have been totally fine if they said, hey, we're suspending him for a week. 
We're seeing where we go from there. And then they say, oh, hey, we have to we have to bring him back briefly because we need this for the betterment of the entire team. And then we'll revisit the suspension afterwards. And yeah. Maybe fire him then, depending on where things shake out. But yeah, it's just it's a touchy situation all around. Certainly. You know, yeah. FaZe Clan makes some interesting choices. And now separately, Atlanta FaZe making equally uh, interesting choices. All right, Jake. I wanted to touch base on an interesting story coming out of the fighting game community today. Uh, this story broke earlier this week as Hungrybox revealed that he's considering retiring. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, Hungrybox is one of the best players in the world, if not the best, Super Smash Brothers Melee uh, pros. Uh, he's currently a part of Team Liquid, and he's in a really awkward position where most of the community low-key hates him, uh, in large part due to the fact that he plays Jigglypuff, and a lot of people see Jigglypuff as like, a bad pick because she's too safe. This is a weird start already. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? For a guy outside looking in. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, hating on a guy just because of the character he plays. Yeah, Jigglypuff's the softest, cutest character ever. Yeah. And they're just like, ah, oh, frick that guy. Interesting. Yeah, scum. <laughs> but anyway, he's got a lot of hate over the years for that uh, decision of his in particular, as well as a couple other uh, things on his plate. Nothing too bad, but, you know, generally disliked. And he's kind of revealed that it's taken a toll on him, especially in the age of the coronavirus, as now with all events going online and likely to be continually held online for the foreseeable future, uh, likely well into next year, he was saying that, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to stay a pro Smash Brothers player right now. And my question is, do you think we'll see a lot more decisions like this coming from pro players? As online, we've seen several teams, several pros struggle with that shift from to online from LAN. Uh, we saw The Rocker, in fact, issue a statement about, how, hey, we, we're not doing as great as we were. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's unfortunate to see, but it is the reality of the situation. Yeah, uh, my first response was, is there anyone in the FGC that people like currently? Yeah, yeah, people like Sonic Fox. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> because it seems after all these accusations, <laughs> it's like there's no one left. It, uh -huh. And uh, with uh -huh. this, I think it might be a bit of a stretch for comparison, but I'll, you know. Obviously not exactly the same thing. Yes. The situation is a little bit worse in the fighting game community. Yes, but, but certainly I think we will see other people consider some different avenues. Uh, we've already seen from the Call of Duty scene, a few pros consider because Call of Duty has been hinted next season as well, 2021, to be also online. Mm -hmm. To your point, yes, we've already seen, I would say, a couple of pros and I maybe more behind the scenes consider going to full-time streaming and mm -hmm. not competing because the game itself has been very broken this year, but especially with the move to online, the league has also struggled with many issues, including servers, connections, uh, and so on and so forth. We have had a couple of pro players consider going to Twitch full-time and just, you know, obviously playing Call of Duty, but not professionally. Mm. So yes, I, I do think uh, as this stretches on, of course, going to be probably to the end of 2020. And as we enter 2021, which sounds crazy to say, mm -hmm. I, I think we're going to see some lasting impacts, whether it be with players, organizations, teams, games themselves. We're going to see choices like this being made. I, I don't know by who, but by people. Yeah, people definitely. Uh, I think the, the shift to entertainment is definitely where a lot of these people are going to go. Yes. To like, you know, making content making you know digital shows or just featuring on streams or doing anything that's not just strictly competing. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, we've certainly seen mm -hmm. a lot more 24-7 gaming entertainment stations or networks right. popping up, mm -hmm. which does give me a bit concerned. You know, are we jumping the gun? Is there enough room for that? Is there enough viewership for 
that, that kind of content. Well, we'll find out soon. We certainly will. Uh, at time of recording, uh, VNN launches next week. Yes, and mm. then we got what? Like Jinx TV is, is up in there. There's another one that adds uh, yeah, G4 well. is coming G4. back. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we got a lot of crazy things going on over here in the esports gaming entertainment scene. Mm. So we'll, I don't know. It seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. And with 2021 around the corner and it's seemingly the virus not going anywhere, you guys are going to have plenty of content, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nobody's going to be starved for stuff to watch. <laughs> and very lastly, Zan, something mm. I've been waiting to talk about with you. I, I like how we bounce them back and forth on these controversial topics. That being the LEC, Riot Games, League of Legends, I'm sure many of you guys watching have heard about this. Their partnership with Neom lasting about 14 hours. You know, we talked about last week, Tempo Storm moved a player after two hours. This, when it comes time for partnerships with the league, Probably the fastest reversal we've ever seen. I think you, that, that'd be a fair statement. Which is absolutely in, incredibly <laughs> impressive, might I add. Yeah, definitely. But it might also be impressive how this came to be a thing in the first place. I'll give mm. you guys a quick TLDR. We got a couple of videos out there already when it comes time for Neom. As I interpreted it through a couple sources out there, kind of a mega city mm -hmm. being built in Saudi Arabia, backed by figures and a government who are not inclusive of all people. That is a comment that I'm not saying people from Saudi Arabia are not inclusive, mm. but the general backing of, of this said NEON partnership are not inclusive, especially when it comes time for members of the LGBTQ community. And when LEC uh, directly promotes that kind of stuff, it's a direct contradiction. Mm. We also have figures who back NEON as well, who are known to be tied to some violent things. Yeah, such uh, as very... uh, beheadings and maybe even murder. Yeah. Now, these are accusations, I might I add, but yeah. still. Severe no-no things are yes. out there that have not been sufficiently discredited to just ignore them. Good way to put it. That's mm -hmm. uh, and have me kind of fearful to even talk about yeah. it. But either way, with so many talents speaking out, I could name you guys a list of, probably of a dozen, including owners, management, talent, casters from the LEC and League of Legends scene in general, out crying about this and justifiably so. Within 14 hours, that same partnership has now been reversed. And, you know, I would say good on Riot Games. They did yeah. the right thing, mm -hmm. but... But they shouldn't have done it in the first place. Probably. I think that's that's probably fair. I mean, they definitely didn't expect this level of backlash. No. Especially not from not. all the casters, uh, several of which were just straight up saying, I'm not casting if this is where we're doing, this is what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, what I, my main question is, how much money were they throwing at Riot to take this type of deal? I need, I don't need, <laughs> I want to know because... Uh -huh. You know, we actually had the, the same partnership. Neom actually is with Blast Pro, Point mm -hmm. of Us Recording. They have not dropped that partnership. That's from the Counter-Strike scene. You've got to imagine if they're targeting these big, big leagues. You know, right. Blast Pro's up and coming for Counter-Strike. I would say one of the top ones uh, in, the, in the recent couple of years. How much money are they throwing to get entangled into esports? And can, can a company like Blast Pro reject it as mm. easily as Riot Games can? Probably not. That Probably money not. might be needed. Yeah, Riot definitely doesn't need the money. They have one of the most successful titles in the world, and they're owned by literally the number one video game company in the world, in Tencent. So they've got the, they've got the cash on hand. They're not struggling in that department. Mm -hmm. um, it is very worth noting that the reason that Neom is likely forging these partnerships is because the negative impression of that part of the world over here in the West for, you know, the mention the reasons that we discussed earlier. Uh, and I think it's very possible we'll see more attempts in this direction in the future from business interest in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and we'll end on this. There have been a few people out there. I know it's the far minority, but I feel the need to touch on this. Froskuren and Shocks coming forward, others as well, to talk about the backlash they also got for not speaking out about other things. You guys need to realize that just 
just a couple of days, or I guess last week by the time of this going live, when they did this, when they spoke out, they risked their jobs. Now, yeah, you can say, oh, there's no way they would have been dropped. What if they were? What if this partnership stuck out and they, they put their neck on the lines with really no need to? I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times it's sad to say this kind mm -hmm. of big news, this shock effect does not last that long. People do forget. And, and they really did risk their jobs to some extent or another to, to speak out. And a lot of broadcast teams maybe would not do the same. To go after them for not speaking out around all the right issues, mm -hmm. it, it just it that's, seems so harsh. That's, that's especially true now where it's hard to get a job, period, with the current situation. Mm -hmm. You know, especially something so specialized as being a caster. So I imagine like this could have been them like signing uh, signing away their livelihood for the foreseeable future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to leave the LEC right now and mm -hmm. immediately pick up a job in, in any other league out there, especially because it's not easy to be a caster for one eSport and then the next. It's a very mm -hmm. limited field. And yeah, the LEC, definitely. yes, they're one of the best broadcast groups of all esports right now but the fact they risk their jobs just to speak out is very respectable to me because we don't see this oftentimes especially with these kind of issues and they did spark the change that did happen so we'll see what riot games does next guys we'll see if other companies do back out of the partnerships with neom or if they do stay in place boobity babity we hope you guys all enjoy the esports rewind wadwas so uh, we really i just want to thank you guys for all watching commenting subscribing and uh, all the dms you guys are truly amazing you know a lot of stories this past week were thanks to all of you viewers so seriously everyone who hits us in the dms thank you very much zan you want to hit him with that uh that outro yeah since you were just talking about dms might as well lead with that you know what heck i'm saying yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so anytime you want to reach out just to say hello share a story or anything at all really you can find us on twitter at talk underscore esports or on instagram at esports underscore talk we have more exclusive content going live on our instagram as we speak so by all means give us a follow there we're trying to build that platform as well uh also aside from that you can find us on our website esportstalk.com uh, and contact us through that. Uh, aside from that, though, as per usual, as mentioned at the start of the podcast, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. And I hope you guys know Jake is not recording anything when he uses his phone like that. He's just <laughs> looking at his own reflection. I like, want to see how it looked. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N, alongside a lot of other great esports and gaming podcasts. So by all means, give us a follow, download, support us there. It does help us out a ton. A lot a lot of big things happening very soon. Promise, promise. We've been saying this for a while. Yep, we have. But we finally have made like such good progress. Like we've got some stuff in the studio today that has me super excited. All y'all fools asking for an office tour. It's coming within a month. <laughs> don't don't put that, don't put a date on it. Put it, it down, <laughs> baby. If not, it's that coming, a studio soon. Tour. We'll, uh, coming we'll, soon. Coming soon. We'll hit you guys. Coming soon. soon. Yeah, we definitely. Good? Yeah, the instant it's possible. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, gals. Mm. I mean, guys, gals. You know, 1.6% gals. We hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast, same time, same day, every single week. Until then, take care. Goodbye.